Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let me tell you, Glenn, about home title lock. Uh, you know, there are people who so are sincere. trying to steal your home. They, uh, they're, they're bad people. Bad people like Glenn that are out there. <laughs> out here trying to <laughs> oh, take over the winches in your home and your home itself. <laughs> Glenn's apparently a pirate today. Yes. Uh, but if you want to protect your home from the Glens of the world, you need home title lock. Home title lock can protect your title against cyber thieves. Uh, luckily, Glenn just doesn't know how to use technology well enough to actually right. hack your, exactly right. your title. But a lot of people do, unfortunately. They get control of it, and then they can borrow against your equity, uh, taking out loans uh, against your stuff, your money. They're taking your money. You're going to get stuck with the payments. Block it before it starts. Please. HomeTitleLock.com is the place to go. Yes. Register your address and see if you're already a victim and just don't know it yet. And you'll get a $100 uh, history of your home free. That's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Don't miss it. Radio show starts here in just a second. (gasps) I'm so excited. Hello, America, and welcome. It's Friday, and we have a great broadcast lined up for you today. Uh, We're going to start with Afghanistan. Huh. Now, what should we learn from Afghanistan? We begin there in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Do you remember the old story about the boy who picked up some stones in a little brook? Popped one of them in a slingshot and then used it to kill that giant. I don't know where I read that, but it was a good story. Mm, too bad that's all lost. L- life can be a little like that giant sometimes. It'll bring us all the aches and pains and conquer us if we let it. It'll just beat us and beat us relentlessly. Well, let me give you a little stone. Pain is the giant that relief factor is the stone for. It relief factor can give you the um, I, I don't even know what it is. It's the, the chemical breakdown that will actually fight your inflammation several different ways. It takes a lot to manage pain. Why not uh, get rid of your pain? Let's not manage your pain uh, that make you feel woozy and out of sorts. Let's put a relief factor in your slingshot and see if we can't defeat that giant it has been defeated in my life relief factor call them right now order a three-week quick start trial you'll know in three weeks if it works or not what do you have to lose you have everything to gain relieffactor.com relieffactor.com 800-583-84 relieffactor.com 
It's Friday, me mates. Hello and uh, welcome to the program. We welcome uh, Jason Buttrell, uh, who is our chief researcher and uh, and our executive producer, Mr. Steve Brigier, otherwise known as Stu, for some strange R unknown reason. I feel a little like a pirate um, today, uh, and I might take my patch off, and it's not an eye patch, although <laughs> they did... They were sticking needles in my eye yesterday, and it was ah, not. They had to take on. something out of my eye, and uh, it, it was bleeding yesterday. And he was like, "Okay, now we just have to cauterize it." And I'm like, "No, I don't. No, I don't know. No, hot poker to the eye. When did you not learn that that was a bad thing?" I told your doctor I would come and help out, and <laughs> I, I would have totally I know. done that for you. <laughs> uh, and I told him, and I'm really angry with him. I'm really angry with him uh, because I told him, I said, "No, no, no." It's bleeding, and he said, "Yeah." And I said, "Good. Let's. I, I want it to bleed because I'm going to go suggest to my family tonight that we're going to play Casino Royale, and I'm going to be the bad guy. <laughs> and then tomorrow I can be on the air, and I say, "Look, literally, I'm bleeding from my eyes. It's so crazy." And he didn't have a sense of humor. No, so. but I got a big scar on the side of my face, so I can run for, you know, a position in Chicago or I think New York in the government. <laughs> You know, kind of like Scarface uh, or a pirate. What I'd like to do is at some point on today's show, I have an intern running to see if he can find a parrot <laughs> and an eye patch. Mm. And I would like to get uh, people to tweet out what you think a pirate might say today or the bird might say today about today's situation. Ah! So you just tweet those out and then like some point what? in the show. What are you talking about? Like, hmm? well, what do you mean they would say about today's situation? You know, just about today's situation in the world, you know. Uh, they, what, what would the ah! <laughs> Make Biden your bitch. Shut <laughs> me. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I don't know. That wasn't me, by the way. That was the bird. Um, but... Uh, you know, you can just... Anything about today's news, anything about today's news that you think would be funny for a a parrot to say a parrot, <laughs> parrot to say or a pirate i mean what else would you do with social media they spent trillions of dollars developing i the think most that's what it was built for <laughs> yes, i mean this. look at we are on at least three different satellites in space mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. these things were launched we are on three different it takes a hop from dallas to new york from new york to denver to denver to los angeles to your home who doesn't want to hear rah! on the pirate thing just because I have scar on my face today? That's probably the, the way, what, it was, what they designed it for. I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm in the Hall of Fame. You're not. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's talk point. a little bit about uh, Afghanistan. <laughs> Should we talk about Afghanistan? <laughs> oh. ah, talk about Afghanistan. Uh, it seems to be a mess today. Uh, and I would like to make sure that <laughs> Joe Biden gets all of the credit for this. Now, I disagree with our mission, and I'll tell you what I think we should learn from it uh, here in a minute. But remember, he said the Afghan army was fully trained and ready to just take over and keep the Taliban at bay. How much of uh, Jason, how much how much of uh, Afghanistan is now gone? 
Oh, it's 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 over seventy five percent right now. It's oh, pretty much the whole country. So they're doing a really good job. That bang Afghan, up job, bang up job. Yeah, that yeah. Afghan army is really pushing back. Yeah, I think it was somewhere around eighty billion dollars we spent training that army. You forget about the money. How, how and that was just in training. Yeah. Forget about the money. How many lives were lost? How many lives were lost? This is an abomination. And can we please learn our lesson? This started over a hundred years ago of let's do nation building. It doesn't work. We should have gone in and said, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Taliban. Uh, you want to play this game? OK, um, we're going to we're going to bomb the bat snot out of you. And we should have gone in and just bombed them, killed as many of them that were involved in 9-11 as possible continued to go get osama bin laden but when osama bin laden was was had that should have been it and it should have been it in afghanistan long before that we don't need to nation build would it this doesn't not, work do you, would this not have just happened in 2004 then and then yeah. we would be probably no no no, no we been, wouldn't be back no well, well, when they america come over and blow up buildings again then are we back or we just, we just keep going, popping back in whenever no, they blow up a few buildings? No, not when they blow up a few buildings. We haven't stopped them. Have you noticed what's happening all around <laughs> the world? We haven't. This doesn't work. Yeah. You have, to, you have to do everything you can to be an unbelievable, breathtaking, uh, overwhelming force mm -hmm. on the people who per perpetrated it and just... Make a statement that takes the breath out of the lungs of everyone around watching. Go and don't hit America again. D whatever you do, don't hit America. Sort of a sh shock and awe done better. Yeah, done right. right. Where it was actually shocking and awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, it wasn't. So, Jason. You were there. You were 22 years old on September 11th. You were in Australia. You were one of the first into Afghanistan. Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, I guess kind of like how I remember before we actually went out on that deployment, we had a guy from Vietnam come in and talk to us. And I remember very clearly he was said, I hope, you know, they actually, if you ever do get to fight, which during that time it was peacetime. So literally I was there to pay for my college. That was about it. Um, and so the majority of the people that joined the military way back then was there just to pretty much pay for college. But he said, uh, I hope they let you guys win. If you ever do get to fight, I hope what happened to us doesn't happen to you. And it did. And it Exactly happened to us uh, mm -hmm. i was looking at a map last night and it was so surreal i was looking at every single city that i was reading that had fallen to the taliban were you in kandahar we were in we were just outside the uh, the suburbs of kandahar so we stopped and wasn't wasn't kandahar wasn't that one of the worst places for a while where was the one where was the place that it was like oh yeah deadly for us to go in and we finally they were like it. hanging people off of the bridge and that, that, yeah that the one you're what was about? that yeah. yeah well yeah kandahar was bad but in the north it was also bad majority of the al-qaeda fighters were up okay. north uh we when we went in we, it was pretty much it was lightning fast we went into the south my unit did the rangers and the horse soldiers famous they were up north but we went in the south and kandahar uh lashkar agar these are a bunch of names that are starting Jill to flood back kandahar and jalalabad yes i do remember those two um, the deadly helmand province which a lot of people have talked about we we went right in there and pretty much cleared the taliban out they ran to the hills they ran to the border of pakistan where they could hide um it was very very fast 
um, looking now at all those cities, I'm like, I can remember every single one of those little villages and capitals. I, I set in those. And we- so what is the average person in um, the, the ones that, you know, were not for the Taliban? What are they feeling today? You mean Afghans? Yeah. Oh, they're scared crapless. Guaranteed. Uh, we went, when we went in, we were we were you know greeted with open arms. Pretty much, kids would come out. They'd come up to the Humvees. We'd give them candy and food. People, women would actually step outside their houses, and they were riding riding around in cars, which I don't think was happening when the Taliban oh, was no. there. No. I mean, that right felt now really today, great. the Taliban is already um, rounding up. Girls as young as twelve yeah. for their sexual slaves, right? Mm. Yeah, that, that's the see that that is one of the you know you said I hope that you know Biden owns a lot of this. These are the consequences that he's going to have to live with. I also agree that we should have left. We should have left a long time ago. Um, the way they did this is complete, and I'm talking about the Biden administration is completely political, completely. And this is an example. There is no military reason to leave Afghanistan right now. In the summer. Now think about that. That is when the Taliban's fighting season is. Yeah. That's when they're that's the prime winter, time they winter. Winter is when they stop. So if this was not political at all, they would have uh, scheduled the pullout to begin in January or February. That's when they would have done it. That would have given months of no fighting for the Afghan army to solidify for them to move out to some areas and say, okay, now we can establish control. If they plan this out, that's what they have done. I guarantee you the general said this, but Biden didn't do that. He wanted a political statement. Well, they're going to get a political statement. I guarantee you. I was on with uh, Stu and I predicted six to 12 months before full Taliban takeover. Now it's closer to 30 days. I think they're going to go all the way up to Kabul on September 10th, camp out. On September 11th, they're going to walk in. Mm. Guaranteed. That's the political statement they're going to get. God. Now, let me let me say this to you, you. Uh, Stu, you remember we were together, I think, on the air when they were blowing up the statues of Buddha. Mm. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And we were saying, where is the beloved U.N.? Where is the the community of nations that say, oh, this is a world heritage site? Nobody said anything. And what did the Taliban do? Now, just follow me here for a second. What did the Taliban do? They wanted to erase the history of the area. And so they took down and blew up statues. Can you give me the story, Stu, yesterday you gave to me about what's happening in the schools of Oregon, a law that they just passed. Uh, If you are a minority, you don't you don't have to uh, actually be to know how to read or to write. Correct. And you can pass. Isn't that you? I've heard a little about this story, but I was not the one that that talked to you about it. So in Oregon, they just passed a law that minorities don't have to pass to graduate. They don't have to know how to read or write. Okay. Um, Jason, maybe you can uh, help refresh my memory of the Taliban they're rounding up the children, and you just said that women wouldn't even be able allowed to be driving in a car or leave their house. What else was something else that they did uh, to the women there to keep them oppressed? Didn't let them get an, edu- an education. Ah, they couldn't read or write. Isn't that interesting? We've become more like the Taliban than I care to to uh, I, I for, believe I, i'd like zero percent on that one yeah, zero percent like, let's not let's not try to erase history and blow up statues or remove statues 
let's not try to rewrite everything and let's make sure everybody gets an education where they can read and write so they're not a slave. What do you say? Sounds good to me. It sounds good for uh, you know our foreign policy people to also uh, get an education, learn history, because it seems like they've uh, completely lost that ability. If they would have, we wouldn't be doing these mistakes year after year after year. Um, we were talking uh, earlier about if they would have even looked at the history, they would have known the history of Woodrow Wilson. Now, he started a lot of this crap. 1915, look at Haiti. So in Haiti in 1915, they, uh, they, they assassinated their own president, bloodbath ensued. Um, so Woodrow Wilson sends in the Marines. But what's he do? They, they do what, what they should have done. They, they did their mission. They got, they, they, uh, they got, got the rid guys. of the people and got the bad guys. But then they stayed for 20 years. They hmm. stayed for 20 years. Now, flash forward 100 years plus, we go over there, do our mission. What do we do? We stay for over 20 years. We do the same thing trying to build them into an Americanized democracy which is ludicrous. Um, Haiti, in the news about a month ago, they did the same exact thing, repeated history, assassinated the president. It's a corrupt government, and so is Afghanistan. It's and a corrupt so is government. America. So is America. At this point, so is American government. It is, it, is, it is imperative that we learn the lessons from the progressive left and the bloodshed and the treasure and all of the nation building that we have done. It has got to stop. More in just a second. Let me tell you about Legacy Box. You ever open up an old photo album and get immediately transported back to that moment in time? You know, the thing that I really don't like about today's digital media is that we erase the ones where somebody's eyes are crossed. You know, we used to have to take pictures and then we'd send it out for Kodak to develop it. And then it would come back and you'd be like, ah, your eyes were crossed, but those were the ones that everybody always loves, you know, 20 years down the road when your sister looks like a total goofball. We don't have that anymore. Preserve the memories that you do have. We went up to Tanya's house as her brother passed away here uh, in the last few months, and we were going through the photos because we wanted to make a, you know, a slideshow of stuff, and mom had them all in the big photo album, and they were so washed out they uh, these the kodak development was not made to preserve those and so everything is slowly fading away please get a legacy box the memories fade and so do the photos and the films and everything else the videos i don't even have a way to play any of the videos that i have of the kids i get some of the formats and i don't even know what that is i'm like what machine did that even fit legacy box knows LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Go there now. Take advantage of a limited time offer for 50% off. Now, that doesn't mean you have to send it in right away. Just get the box 50% off. Then when you're ready, you just put everything in and you send it up to them. They return the originals and they'll put it on any digital format that you want. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Save up to 50% now. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. 10 seconds station ID. So here's some good news. Uh, China is now seeking a bigger role in Afghanistan uh, to support the Taliban. Now, Jason, why would they do that? Belt and Road. That's mm. their entire goal over there. And they're, you know, 
plan for what is it by 20 what is it probably 2030 that's the year yeah, of everything's happening i think it's 2030 uh but yeah by then that's the time that they're expected to take over everything trade commerce yeah. pretty much everything but afghanistan is very key for them to go through as a trade route maybe 25 isn't it china 2025 20, oh, like i think it yeah. was um and they're they're moving forward on that and they don't care who they work with no there's already there's already rumors that they're working outside channels going through pakistan to work directly with the taliban they know exactly who's about to be in control yeah, they don't care they just don't care anybody who says the united states of america is just such a bad place and you know you just don't know the oppression you have no idea what kind of whoop ass is coming your way you have no idea because China and Russia, they don't care who dies, who they have to kill, how they have to kill them, how many they have to kill. It's all about international order and domination for them. It is uh, it's um, it's fascinating. If you could go back in time and you could change you're at September 11th and you're in charge and you know then what you know now. What should the mission have been and uh, what would you have said we should do? Well, for one, I wouldn't have established a war on just a, a concept. War on terror? War on terror. Huh. I mean, that is setting you up to do whatever you want to do indefinitely. Um, kind of like uh, January 6th now. <laughs> right. Um, as soldiers, we knew exactly what we were doing. We were there to look for Osama bin Laden, kill him, uh, kill Omar, the head of the Taliban, and depose the government. And then the soldiers on the ground knew what, pretty much what the goal was at that time. That wasn't what was being talked about, I don't think, over here in the United States or to the world. Mm -hmm. it, it was a lot more general. But um, over there, it was like we pretty much did all the fighting, and then we handed over the keys to the houses to the Northern Alliance and the actual fighters yeah, that we selected. That. So it, it was actually kind of depressing, because I remember fighting up towards Kandahar, and then that should have been the victory dances walking into Kandahar. Mm -hmm. Well, instead, we stopped looked over at the Afghan soldiers and then they walked in and of course all the CNN cameras came up and they snapped those photos, whatever. I mean, we didn't want to get glory anyway, but I mean, it was, it was just kind of odd. So that. should the fighting have stopped, not the hunt for um, Osama bin Laden, but should the fighting have stopped at Kandahar? <clears throat> um, not ca well, so Kandahar, then Kabul fighting okay. should have stopped uh, not too far <clears throat> after they, they walked into Kabul. That's and when it should have stopped. What year was that? Two thousand. That was four. No, that was 2002. Was it, it really? It took a matter of months for everything to be over with and done. It, it, it was very, Think very rapid. Think of that. How different the world would be today if we would have kept on looking for Osama bin Laden and taking out people uh, that were aiding him and in, you know, Al Qaeda. But we just would have stopped the war and come home in 2002 it's fascinating because honestly yes de definitely different but i don't know i don't know what it would look like if we would have done that they may have rebuilt and attacked us three more times since then yeah they might have um you know Who thomas knows? jefferson went through this yeah you know he yeah. fought the war on the on the shores of uh, tripoli and then he went home yeah and said they're coming back <laughs> we have to stay vigilant but it took him a while yeah. I, I feel bad for the for the still this is the Glenn Beck Program. So, we wish to have a little family time, yeah? You enjoy the home cinema with your wife and your children, yeah, yeah? This is good, yeah? Because now you become part of a little experiment. 
Your ears will be treated to all the words, yes, especially the F-bomb, huh? And the violence, you betcha! Uh, what about the little steamy stuff, huh? Oh, you don't like that, do you? We have ways of making you squirm. That kind of sounds a little like Hollywood right now, doesn't it? Let me tell you a little bit about the service called VidAngel. VidAngel gives you control. You think you're in control of the content in your own home. You set the filters on exactly what you want to see or don't want to see in your home. They work with most movies and TV and Amazon Prime and Netflix. They have 11,000 TV episodes, new ones added every single week. Try it just for a buck. Go to vidangelbeck.com. Vidangelbeck.com. Use promo code BECK1 and get it for only a dollar for first month, yeah? Vidangelbeck.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Savings. You'll save 10 bucks. Savings. Off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. Bill O'Reilly is coming up. Uh, we're just spending some time about uh, Afghanistan because we have to learn a lesson. We have to learn a lesson. And uh, the lesson that I learn, uh, for those of you who have been with me for a, for a long time, since the beginning, really, of the war, you'll remember that in 2004, I was four going in and popping the head of the snake. I was, I said, go after Afghanistan and Iraq and squeeze Iran until it pops and overthrow Iran. Let the, pe- the people in Iran are the only people in the area that understand democracy and freedom and want it in a way that we all understand. They will be a stabilizing force. But the administration said that's they hinted at that's what they were going to do. But it wasn't until Donald Trump came in that Iran was even scared and they were on the verge of collapse. Now you have the collapse of the peace in in Afghanistan because Joe Biden just pulled everybody out um, and not even thinking strategy at all. Um, He pulls everybody out. Now the women are crossing the border from Afghanistan into Iran because Iran will be better than the Taliban. That's how bad it is for people. But we should have known this. We should have known this. Oh, they did know this. The military... Uh, has known this forever. They before we went in. <clears throat> before we went in, if you if you want to keep the Taliban out of governance in Afghanistan, we'd have to keep a, a force there forever. We just have to keep, leave a security force. There. So this it is where there. this is where, and we're inviting Jason to stay with us on this conversation. We're welcoming Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, the podcast you can get anywhere. Um, the uh, hardware stores. Hit Can you get it at hardware I'm gonna, stores? I'm going to. You said it anywhere. It's select you true values. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your local true value. Right. Not Home right. Depot. Not the not National Home Depot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Your local true value. <laughs> um, uh, now I don't even remember what I was going to say. You're talking about Jason. Yeah. Jason's here. And Jason, is, uh, Jason is with us. He actually fought <laughs> in the war. He was one of the first to go in to Afghanistan. What this brings us to, Jason, is the, the argument that everybody has. For instance, uh, we know what they're doing in China. They have 310, no, 180,000 camps 
concentration camps now. That that's a lot of concentration camps, and we know where they are, and we know what they're doing. But what are you going to do about it? Are we going to go in and bomb China? I don't think so. No. What do, we know what they're doing to women and children now with the Taliban. Were, were we going to stay there forever? Is that the role of America? And that's the rub. Mm-hmm. That's the rub. So what do we do? It's interesting the, the the position we've put ourselves in over the past hundred years of being the world's policeman. So you, you mentioned all these mm-hmm. things, and naturally we say, yeah, if we can do something, we should do something. Um, you look look at places like Japan, which people like John Bolton would say, well, that's the perfect, uh, you know, um, you know, example of our intervention. And I, I would say, really, because you talk about China. Um, well, yeah, someone should do something about China. There are people that can counter uh, China. People, you know, countries like Japan. Japan is the perfect counter to someone like uh, China, but we've kept them under our boot for the past, what, 50 plus years. Mm -hmm. We haven't unleashed them to let them do their own. It's because of our interventions all over the world that that's now our mentality. So let me go back in time. It's the end of World War II. You know that Nazis still exist in Germany. I mean, they're they're fighting after the end of the war. We were still in there fighting what were called the werewolves. Uh, And... You know, today, there's a lot of Nazis that went free. You know, not the worst of the worst, but there are lots of Nazis there. Should we have just pulled out and not protected the Germans from the other Germans and eventually from the Soviet Union? Well, I see. I I mean, if we are our goal there and our mission was to still eradicate the enemy and destroy the enemy. That was the mission. Everyone knew the mission. I can see that being justified. Something in like Afghanistan, like our goal was to kick the Taliban out, to, you know, look for Osama bin Laden, to kill Omar. Um, that was the actual mission. Now the people that stayed back in Afghanistan after, you know, we, the main part of the fighting was done, what was their mission? Ask any of them, they can't tell you. I guarantee you they can't tell you. They were sitting there building infrastructure projects, trying to tell the Afghans what to do in their government, but they couldn't tell you why. Like, nobody knew. I feel so sorry for the guys, the troops, and the diplomats that stayed there because they were like, what are we doing here? We have no clue. There's no mission. How is it possible, Jason, that the Afghan army is so inept still oh, yeah. at this point? 20 years later, with yeah. all the training they've received yeah. from, from us. And how, weapons. How, uh, weapons. Weapons. How are they still so pathetic? They don't want to be there. They do not want to be there. It's unbelievable. I've got stories of some of the Afghan National Army who Biden said were great guys and they knew they were well trained and knew exactly what to do. Oof, you no. would catch them with needles of, you know, shooting up opium while on That's post. what I've heard. I've heard they're, they're whacked out yeah. on drugs. Most yes. Wow. They so, don't want to be there. I, I, know seemed- that, I know that I, I've read many stories about how when the Afghan army sees, you know, somebody coming in like the Taliban, they just drop their gun and go yeah they don't want to be they don't want to be in the army is it jason a a, a, is it because they're inept and because you know the taliban is just so good or whatever it is or is it just that they just are fine with this how many like what percentage of the afghan army that we've been training it has been sitting around waiting and and is once this transition back happens back to the taliban they might think yeah this might be better I mean, I feel like there's got to be you. You, we have the too many weapons, too too many uh, supplies, uh, training. All the stuff should be able to at least have this army push back more than thirty days. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's insanity. Yeah. There has to be some uh, like allegiance or kind some, of. 
I mean, it's it's a different culture. So you're asking people to fight for a unified Afghanistan. And they don't want that. And they don't want that. It's they, tribes. It's very tribal. Exactly right. They want to go back and protect their village, their tribe. They don't want to protect Kabul if they live, let's say, in a village outside Kandahar. They don't want to do that. So weird mm-hmm. because they seem to fight against the Soviets in a united way. Yeah. Right? Didn't they? They. I mean, yeah, the Mujahideen, which was, which was Bin Laden's group, but they were kind of united against the Soviets, and everybody fought them, and they fought them pretty hard, and they used our equipment that we provided them with, uh, to push them back pretty well at that time. What happened? Where are those people now? Yeah, and are f- they the Taliban now? <laughs> uh, many of them probably yes mm. or no absolutely yes many of them are but th- they've been doing this that's a good example and they've been doing this ever since the early 1800s when it was the british and they were fighting against yeah, the british it's right. just been year after year after they year. used to be a formidable force and now yeah we're the only empire nothing. that has gone in there and didn't lose our shirt over there right because they didn't yeah. they didn't coalesce against us is that right, Jason? Yeah, uh, there, there, there was no outside. No, and even the Taliban. I mean, the Taliban knew that there was nothing they could do. They couldn't. There, there was. They were not going to be able to rise up in mass against us and defeat the United States. It was always a war of attrition. They were just going to run off to the hills and take wait. A little, yeah, wait and till wait. we leave. Exactly. Yeah, and, and to be fair, like I, because it's obviously the way this is shaking out is so bad and feels so terrible for the United States. But I mean, basically, oh, what it happened? Feels bad to me. I don't even think about it. I, we knew we all knew this was going to happen. We all knew this was going to mm-hmm. happen. Um, I feel bad for the women and the girls. Oh, yeah, that's what I, I mean, mean. That's just it's incri- heavens. considering all the work that the Nazarene Fund has done in this yeah. region, protecting women. All of this is about to happen again in another area, which is horrifying to me. But basically what the Taliban did is they waited us out because we don't have all that much interest in them. The only thing that we have, right, as far as interest in Afghanistan is stopping our buildings from exploding. Right. So we we sat here for 20 years. I mean, a win. It's like basically saying I beat the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan as soon as they left the court. I mean, it's not exactly like we're right. not even no, they, see, they no, couldn't do this I when we were there. Americans right. have to understand mm-hmm. that it is not, you know, we did that. Oh, we beat the Soviet Union. We beat communism. Remember when the wall fell, everybody thought mm. that era was over. Yeah. Uh, look what's happening. Look what's happening. We have to stop thinking that you can defeat yeah. an ideology. What there are neo Nazis in America. Yeah. Okay. They're not a huge force, but mainly because we are vigilant on Nazis. I don't know why we're not on everything else, but on Nazis, they somehow or another have fascinated people in a dark sort of way. We know who they are. We know what they've done. And they're not convincing anybody that they're the good guys. But on communists, we haven't done that. On on the Taliban, we started saying that this is just a different culture and you don't understand it. We started normalizing all of these things that were bad. You know, that, the, the thing that we have to come to is... Bad things are going to happen. They're going to happen. And so you punish those people that are involved as strongly and swiftly as you can, then go back to who you were. And it happens again. Okay, we're going to do it. But you can't wipe these things out and then just leave and forget about it. Can't. But but isn't what, what you advocated at the beginning of this is to go in and try to wipe this stuff out and leave? Yes. And then stay vigilant. 
Then stay vigilant. Know that it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. You know, we, we, we all would like to believe that we go over there and we show them that women shouldn't be treated this way and 12-year-old girls shouldn't be slaves. Well, we can show them that. But if that's part of their culture, if, that, if they're not willing to stand up themselves and fight for their women and children, yeah, we, we will always be policemen. There was a reason that Obama said he was going to pull out of Afghanistan and didn't do it. There was a reason Trump said he was going to pull out of Afghanistan and didn't do it. Because they both knew this is what the result will be. Biden just did it anyway. Because he Biden did I don't it anyway because he doesn't care. I, I don't think he just doesn't care. He doesn't. <clears throat> I don't think he's there. Well, he's not. Yeah, I that's don't right. think he's fully there. He doesn't he's, care because he, he's gone. He was uh, he's been apparently for this from from inside the Obama administration was pushing for this exact thing to happen. Uh, and he's now getting his wish. And, and think wait, about wait, what wait, his wait, wish wait, is wait. real quick, which is it's so bad. We have to send thousands of troops back in just to get everyone out we are sending thousands of troops back into afghanistan to evacuate people because they're so worried the taliban just gonna which is what he said would never happen yeah and he said that would not you would not see that so that's Mm -hmm. that's helicopters evacuating our people that's the problem our president is so inept and so out of touch it's not like he knew this was going to happen. Maybe no. he did. Maybe he didn't. But what he sold America was, we have trained. We are set. We are going to get out of there, and they're going to be able to hold it. He should have said, if he actually was with it, if he, if he knew what Obama knew, he knew what George Bush knew, he knew what Donald Trump knew, the minute I pull out, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a bloodbath. Well, if you want to pull out, tell Americans that's what it's going to be and leave enough troops down on the ground so we all get out of there along with the people who helped us. Mm-hmm. But he did none of that. He did none of that. Terrible. This is this is a massive, massive. This is in. Think of this in less than a year. This president has already brought us an oil crisis, inflation about right. to be stagnation, My an embarrassment the size of the helicopters burning in Iran yep. in less than a year. It's Jimmy Carter, too. Uh, it's in and, less than a year. In less than a year. Mm. All right. Incredible. Um I don't care to do business with companies that feel the need to support the values that directly contradict my own. Uh, you know, you've heard me talking about Coca-Cola and Ben and Jerry's and Disney. <laughs> what happened to Disney? I love doing business with companies that do support the values that I agree with. I love telling you about those businesses, which is why I've been telling you about Patriot Mobile for a while. And I've encouraged you to switch to them. Unlike a lot of the big mobile companies, I'm looking at you, Verizon, who donate a portion of your bill to leftist causes like Planned Parenthood. Patriot Mobile does the exact opposite. They donate to good causes. More importantly, I guess, for your everyday life, you're going to get free activation with the offer code Beck. They have uh, the same exact service, same coverage because they're on the same towers. They have better customer service. You're going to save money. So for all of those reasons, why have you not switched to Patriot Mobile yet? 
PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Do it now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, this is the uh, Glenn Beck Program. Uh, this weekend, uh, I've been asked to speak uh, to the Republican a- AGs, 21 or 22 of our attorney generals. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure of the message yet. They're, uh, they're letting me decide on what the message is. And I'm not sure what the message is other than strength and courage and who we really are and what we're about. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to uh, spend the weekend listening to them. They're, they're going into their conference this week, um, starting this weekend. And, I can be there on uh, on Saturday and Sunday, and I, I just want to listen to them for the most part to hear what they are feeling in their own states. These are the guys that are going to make all the difference in the world. These are the guys that will actually hold the line on the craziness in each of these states. And we need to make sure that our attorney generals are are on the same page with the Constitution. Uh, and will defend it to their last breath. Yeah, we see how powerful attorney generals can be, uh, as in New York this week. <laughs> we saw a little bit of how powerful that can be. And remember, uh, Andrew Cuomo was attorney general before he was governor, and he helped oust the last guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this it is incredibly important for so many reasons that, that these guys are the this is one of the most important roles in, in today's world. Yeah, in today's world. So pray for me that I have the right message and pray for them that uh, they work together and find the right path to protect the American Republic. Back with Bill O'Reilly next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about Built Bar. If you have a sweet tooth like I do and you want to be healthy, um, Built Bar has come along and they have absolutely rev- revolutionized the protein bar industry. And I think they have revolutionized the candy bar industry as well. It just hasn't hit anybody yet. Um, it's kind of big to well, be able to do both of those. Yeah, I, but I think they are. I mean, the, the health food, uh, you know, and protein bars tasting really great, made with real chocolate. And then if you can make it taste like a Mounds bar, tastes like a Mounds bar, but it has uh, 150 calories in it and it's loaded with protein and four net carbs. Uh, why eat a Mounds bar? I mean, it is it's revolutionary what they're doing, and they're really, really good and good for you. Check them out now. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Save 15% off your first order. Use promo code BEC15 for 15% off now at Built.com. All right. Bill O'Reilly. News of the week next. I just want you to think about the news of the week. This week, 
Andrew Cuomo resigned. The $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill is passing. Mask mandates are back. Afghanistan is lost now. The border crisis is getting worse, and they're sending not our vice president. She's been removed. They're sending now people to Mexico to try to negotiate with Mexico on something. I don't know what. And yet they're telling us and everyone on the team not to use the words Mexican drug cartels. Oh, and uh, Obama had his big birthday bash since last Friday. It's been a pretty intense week. What does Bill O'Reilly think the biggest stories are, the most important stories? We talk to him in 60 seconds. It's Friday. The Glenn Beck Program. Deborah Ann lives in Massachusetts, and for years she has dealt with terrible hip pain. Got so bad that she was having trouble sleeping at night. Deborah Ann, I can absolutely relate to that. Long nights, staring up at the ceiling, doing your wish, doing your best to wish the pain away. It's tough. But if you'll pardon the expression, Deborah Ann decided not to take it lying down. She heard about Relief Factor on my program, and she was determined to, to give it a shot. After all, what did she have to lose beside more sleep? Well, you know the rest. Literally within a few days, she said the inflammation in her hip began to subside. Deborah Ann got her life back and her sleep back now. Relief Factor isn't a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more because it works for them. Try the three-week quick start trial pack for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84. That's relieffactor.com, 800-583-84. Mr. Bill O'Reilly is joining us now. <clears throat> Bill, this has been a another wild week of news. What do you think the biggest story of the week is? Um, Afghanistan. Mm. And... The reason is because it demonstrates, once again, how detached the president of the United States is from reality. exactly right. Beck, thank you very much. So we're off to a good start here, right? Yeah, well, I said that last hour, so you're just probably listening to me and then regurgitating it. Uh, Whatever you say, (laughs) I'm hanging on. You know that. All right, so my theory is that President Obama, uh, President Obama, I knew what I was going to say that President Biden doesn't really know what the issues are from day to day. Mm-hmm. He's not capable of processing information any longer. That is what I believe based upon his demeanor for the past seven months and his campaign. So the first thing he does is single-handedly destroy border security correct is everybody does anybody yes that yes executive order dismantles remain in mexico policy he single-handedly no congress no supreme court nothing destroys border security for the united states of america correct okay now he single-handedly has put Afghanistan in the hands of the Taliban terrorists. Congress didn't do it. Nobody did it. Press didn't do it. CNN didn't do it. No reason for Biden to do this. No reason for him to do it at all. Yet, 
He says to the Taliban, we're going to take everybody out. We're not leaving a residual 3,000-man force in Bagram. So if you misbehave and lie, uh, you'll get punished. We're not going to do that. Let's take everybody out. And I know you guys will behave. That's what he did, essentially what he did. And Taliban goes, thank you very much. See you. They did the old steam song, sha-na-na-na, hey, 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 goodbye. And then they turned around and took over the country. So, Bill, today, as they are, the Taliban is in charge of about 70% of the country, they are yep. going door to door and they are finding girls as young as 12 to be their sex slaves again. Women Absolutely. are shut inside. It is a nightmare that is happening. However, we have... We all knew that this was coming. This is why George Bush didn't stop. This is why uh, Obama said he was going to, but didn't because he knew better. Uh, It's why Donald Trump said he was going to end it, but didn't because he knew better. So do the American people at this? I cannot predict what the American people are going to do or think anymore. Uh, Do they care? Do anything about this because it's too far away and they don't care. And it doesn't directly affect them. So does this hurt Joe Biden at all? I mean, this is his Saigon moment. It it, it hurts him, particularly in the eyes of the world, that now, no, everyone knows that Joe Biden is incompetent. Everyone knows. There isn't anybody who doesn't know that. And if they deny that he's incompetent, then they're lying to you. Because he is. So it hurts Biden in that way. But you've got to remember something. The Biden, while these poor young women are being brutalized, even as we speak, and men, Taliban men, who, uh, you know, will do anything. I mean, there's no law. No stop. Taliban men are going, and they're killing anybody they don't like. So they're walking into Kandahar, and they don't like you, you get a bullet in the head. So meantime, where is President Biden? Is he in a situation room? No, he's out on the beach in Rehoboth, Delaware, with Jill having mojitos. Hello, I'd like another mojito right over here, please. And, and I'm saying to myself, do you not know what's happening? So, there's I, an exclusive for the Glenn Beck audience. Okay. You like exclusives for your audience. I do, you? I do. So I talked to President Trump last night. I talked to him at... 7.10 Eastern Standard Time. He called me up, and he was livid about Afghanistan. And he said, I talked to these people, the head of the Taliban, on the phone. I told them that the United States was going to remove most of the troops, but if they made any offensive moves at all, we were going to go back and kill every single one of them. And then he said, with his usual hyperbola, of course, is Donald Trump. If I had been in office right now, this never would have happened. I agree. And I think, I think that's a true statement. I do, too. I was saying to Stu so, last hour, I said, you know, um, Trump brought him to the table, but he he was a guy who had a twitchy eye and you don't want to bet against that guy because when he says, you know what, I'm going to come back and kill all of you, you believe he just might be crazy enough to do it. Uh, so, he would do it. You're right. He, I, I, I mean, think look, he would have. He doesn't call me up. I mean, obviously, we're doing the shows together and we have a business 
running here, the Trump O'Reilly history tour. But he, he was he was genuinely. He goes, what, what what do you think Biden's doing? And I told him the same thing I told you. He doesn't understand from day to day what's happening, Joe Biden. Okay. Um, now, I can prove that statement because Joe Biden was vice president when Barack Obama pulled all the U.S. troops out of Iraq. And what happened after that? Do you remember back? I'm sure you do. What happened after Obama pulled all the U.S. troops out of Iraq? Uh, it fell. It fell. Well, ISIS came back. ISIS, ISIS took over about half the country and half of Syria. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. And they killed, they massacred tens of thousands of people. Yeah. This is what happened under Barack Obama. And Biden was vice president. He had to see that. And then Trump was elected. Trump went in and kicked ISIS's butt. That's the history. That's what happened. So now the American people vote out Donald Trump, vote in Joe Biden. He does exactly the same thing that Obama did in Iraq and Afghanistan. But now there's no Trump to come in and kick the Taliban's butt. So now what you're going to have is ISIS and Al-Qaeda, which still exists, will then reconstitute in Afghanistan, grow in power and recruitment under the Taliban's protection, and the same cycle is going to happen. The same thing's going to happen. Meanwhile, as I mentioned, Joe Biden's on the beach. Bojitos, right here, please. And... You know, when we talk back on the radio, I'm always thinking, does anybody disagree with what I just said? Is there a human being in this country who could disagree with what I just said? But you'll never hear that on the corporate media. They're going to ignore it. They're going to ignore it like they ignore the border, like they ignore inflation, like they ignore every single blanking thing that Biden is doing to really bring harm to this country. So I said, and tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. I said in less than a year, Joe Biden has destroyed our border. Um, His COVID policy of, you know, masks and and everything else. He's he's touting this. However, he is releasing tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who have COVID directly into our cities from the border and no mention he has made us oil dependent, energy dependent. I don't know if you saw the latest uh, inflation numbers on just energy. It's up 41%, 42% for heating oil, and we're in the summer. So he has given us uh, massive inflation, possibly stagflation coming our way. He has had our you know, basically our helicopters burning in the sand or, you know, the Saigon moment, if you will. He in in uh, in how many months, nine months, eight months, he has accomplished more bad than Jimmy Carter did in four years. I'm not sure about that. Carter did a lot of damage to this country. But again, we go back to the fact that last week, Joe Biden, who shut down the Keystone Pipeline who banned fracking on federal land, who is making every attempt to bankrupt the fossil fuel industry in the United States, demands that the Arabs and OPEC drill more oil 
Does that make any sense to anybody? Joe, hello. You're the global warming guy. If you're demanding that OPEC produce more oil, that's going to hurt global warming. So we can't do it here, but they can do it in Saudi Arabia. And Joe is demanding they do it. Because he is, well, he's also investigating these evil oil companies for the price increase. Oh, Oh, in fact, in my local uh, gas station, Mohammed, who owns it, you know, he's surrounded by FBI. They're coming in. What did you do, Mohammed? Did you move that gas price up three cents? And Mohammed's going, are they going to get me? I said, I don't know, but I'll protect you. Uh, Bill, that was so politically incorrect. I just don't even know where to begin. Uh, I'm just the, reporting I know, Mohammed no, owns I, the gas station in my town. I know. What I do? I know. I know. I know. All right. When we come back, I want to talk to you about the infrastructure bill. Because all the conservatives are saying, as infrastructure, there's no infrastructure. Hell, there's not. That thing is riddled with the Green New Deal and the the uh, the new framework for a country you will not recognize that doesn't have a free market anymore. Why is he saying to OPEC, you have to drill and we're not? Because we're building entirely new infrastructure, green cars. All of it, all of it, electric, everything. I don't know how we're going to make all that electricity, but uh, I guess wind power is it by 2030. I want to talk about the infrastructure bill when we come back with Bill O'Reilly in one minute. Um, Rectech, Rectech, right now, the kids of the future are not going to know the struggles that we went through with grilling. You're going to be sitting there in your rocking chair telling about when I was a kid, we had to grill everything ourselves. Uphill both ways. Sometimes things got burnt. And the thing they'll say is, wait a minute, what was a stake? Anyway, um, right now, you have technology of the future uh, to be able to make the best food you've ever made on a grill. Because it not only grills, it's a smart grill, has smart grill technology. It's awesome. It can accurately monitor the whole cooking process and make sure that everything you cook gets heated evenly and perfectly. You can grill, you can smoke, you can even bake on a Rectech. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. They came from cows, kids, and the steaks, and we made hamburger out of it. Oh, Grandpa, you are a monster. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Rectech dot com. Ten seconds, station ID. Bill O'Reilly, talk to me about the infrastructure package. Okay, so uh, under President Trump for four years, the federal government spent $7.8 trillion, an enormous amount of money. There's no denying it. You can't make an excuse for it. $7.8 trillion. That's how much the Fed spent under Donald Trump. Now, he'll tell you that he had to do it to get us out of the Obama economy and to get the private economy on, uh, you know, a uh, good footing, which he succeeded to do. But that's an enormous expenditure. So the progressives, they saw that. And now they say, if Trump can get away with that, we can get away with doubling that. 
All right. So we can spend between 16 and 22, 23 trillion in four years. Oh, you don't think on, that's real? Is it really what you think they're going to spend? As much as 22 trillion dollars in four yeah, years? They, absolutely. Because they want to wipe out the capitalistic system. Oh, my God. And that's how what it's going to take. Now, remember, they're going to raise taxes. And, and in July, the Fed's got the highest amount of tax money from the American people they ever got in just last month. So they're going to raise taxes again to defray some of that spending. But you see, people don't see the big picture, Beck. They don't understand why all of this is happening. It's happening because the progressive left wants to destroy capitalism because they feel like capitalism enriches white men, white men, and they're evil. You know that white men are evil. And capitalism enriches them and gives them power. Look at Donald Trump. White guy, rich guy, evil guy. So we have to destroy. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I just want to point out a guy that you can track all of his money back to his businesses, as opposed to the white, evil, rich man that is currently running the country that you can't really track where all of his riches came from. The guy has been in public service his whole life. Gee, how did he get all that money? But part of public service, Beck, and this is what you and Stu don't understand, is having China give you money. Yeah, okay. That's part of it. That, yeah, that, and um, insider trading and raping that, the that, average that's person. Called, that's called a perk. Yeah. Right? China gives you tens of millions of dollars. Right. Okay. So let's get back to the infrastructure bill and let's get back to the Biden spending plan. They already have a trillion in infrastructure. So roads here on Long Island, where I am, are falling apart. Are roads going to get better here? No. no. Okay, they're not. And they're going to, uh, they'll do some bridge work. They'll do, but most of that money is going to the inner cities. Most of the trillion infrastructure is going to the inner cities. And in the inner cities, um, there are projects that the money will go to, and, and the money will go into that area. Now, is it going to improve the inner cities no but it'll go in there the 3.5 trillion budget that biden wants that's the green new deal stuff that's the okay yep once americans get addicted to the money we're going to send them every month and this started with covid once you get addicted to that's like a drug once you get addicted to getting the check directly from us you're not going to want capitalism anymore because you got to work for cap- you got to work for your money there. That's hard, and you got to get up early. You got to take a lot of crap on the job from people you don't like. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're going to send you money for any reason at all, and we'll keep you afloat, and you'll be able to live at a basic level. You're not going to really have to work. That destroys capitalism. Now, every single merchant. And place that I go tells me the same thing. They cannot get workers. Oh, they I know. can't get them. This didn't happen last year in the middle of COVID or two years ago in 2019. But the reason they can't get them now is because Joe Biden and the progressive government is sending people money under any excuse. Which is going in a matter of time. I don't know how long it will take. It will then be called full employment. Those who want to work 
uh, it'll change from those who can work to those who want to work and find a job and get away. It's even worse than full employment. What they want to do is guarantee. Oh, I know. I know. So that means if you don't feel like working on Tuesday and Thursday, I don't know if they show up. So, Bill, where, 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 how do you now we're about 30 seconds away from the bottom of the hour. So answer this question when you come back. They don't care about the Constitution anymore. This is all unconstitutional uh, and they know it and they don't care. At what point is there a is there a tipping point? Is there is there anything or does this just this ship just slowly go down to the bottom and the lights click off one by one as we sink? Uh, Is there is there no recourse? This is the Glenn Beck program. I want to talk to you about the soundtrack of everyday life out in the world. It is loud. It is busy. <laughs> I mean, I help make that soundtrack every day. It's uh, there's times you just have to tune out. Maybe some good music, a little guided meditation, listening to Andrew Cuomo's resignation speech on on loop for Stu. That's really good. makes him happy. Whatever it is, you're going to want to listen to it with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds. They have um, they come with gel tips for your comfort, a lot, a lot like a, a, the other brands. Um, they don't stick out of your ears. They actually fit comfortably in there. Uh, Raycons have a 32-hour battery life. 32 hours before you have to recharge them. So you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They start out at half the price of premium audio brands, but they sound just as amazing. Raycons also come with a 45-day happiness guarantee, so you can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Beck. That's buyraycon.com slash Beck and save 15% off Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. More with Bill O'Reilly coming up. It's Friday. Uh... As the world is uh, burning down, Biden is, he's got his priorities, uh, right? Here is uh, Joe Biden discussing uh, new aid in the infrastructure package for the uh, Native American nations, the tribal nations. He is speaking to the Cherokee tribal chief. And listen to what he says. Uh, and I finally want to turn to uh, Principal Chief Chuck uh, Hoskins, uh, Cherokee Nation uh, in Oklahoma. This bill overall has more than $11 billion in investment in Indian country. That is historic, potentially transformational investment uh, for tribes across this country. That's Indian very nations, important. Indian nations, Indian nations across this country. Stop. working as so- He just corrected. He made him not tribal. Don't don't talk about tribal nations. The white guy schools, the chief. <laughs> on what is the right way to address his own people. Oh, my. I, I, my head almost exploded yesterday when I saw that. Um, well, as you know, I wrote, I wrote Killing Crazy Horse, which I think is the best history of the Indian Wars in America that's ever been put on paper. Now, <laughs> the reason Biden made that mistake. I love your humility. No, it's the best yeah, part well, of you. I, that, 
Time is tight. Time is tight. I have right, to right. cut to the... Right? I know, I know, I know, I know. So the reason Biden made the mistake is that he doesn't understand that Native Americans identify more with their tribe yep. than the overarch nation concept. Yep. So if you are a Cherokee or an Apache or a Sioux, that is your legacy. That is your descendants, not the overarch of all the Indian tribes. So Biden has no clue about that. And that's why he he did that. um, Tell me, well, also the arrogance of the progressive. Um, the, The question that I had before we went to break was, there is a line being crossed here uh, where, you know, when when Jen Psaki said this week that if, you know, if uh, if what's his name in Florida, DeSantis, you know, says, I'm going to not pay any of the school officials who are breaking the state, you know, no mask mandate. She said, well, we'll just pay them through the you know Department of Education. Completely unconstitutional. They are breaking the Constitution in everywhere, in every way you possibly can. And they know it and they don't care. What is and you're the- not going to get any relief from the courts because the courts are there to enforce laws. And in order to do that, there has to be a very specific lawsuit against the Biden administration. So I have said. The one way to cripple Joe Biden is for the Republican governors, and maybe you could peel off a couple of Democrats, to file a class action suit, federal lawsuit, against Joe Biden himself on the southern border. Because Joe Biden, as we said at the beginning of this uh, segment, Joe Biden himself destroyed border security in the USA. Just him. Nobody else. He did it. That's demonstrable. It's provable. If the governors banded together and filed a lawsuit against President Biden, saying that he is not upholding established immigration law, which he clearly isn't, that could get to the Supreme Court. That's how you get them. So all of these other things, you can do the same thing. But that's the big one. You've got them there. That's and that is why I, I've been asked before to uh, speak to a group and I just never had time, et cetera, et cetera. And they asked me this year to speak and I'm going for two days this weekend to spend time with the 21 or 22 uh, GOP attorney generals. So will you tell them what I just told you? I, I am going to tell them that. Tell um, them to get off and their I, bu- here, write this down back. Tell All right, him, I got O'Reilly a pencil says, and paper. All right. O'Reilly says, quote, get off your butt. Get off your butt. Get together. Formulate a lawsuit against President Biden himself. Alleging he refuses to obey immigration law. It's a class action suit. You all sign on to it. Can you imagine the headlines? Can you imagine the horror that will wreak on the Biden administration? Even if you lose 
every person in this country will know how bad Biden is on the border. Well, I am. Uh, I'm going to talk to him about uh, that and and uh, other things. And I I I really want to listen and see uh, if they get it, if they really get it. How many of these guys are really? How many get it? Simple man, you're even simpler than I am. We're simple men. <laughs> Okay, does it get any simpler than that? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And that would blow it all up. Okay. All right. The arrogance of the federal government. All right. I got to I got to switch topics because I do want to talk to you about the governor of New York. Uh, Why? Why did he wait uh, 14 days? Are you concerned about that at all? And what's the blowback of this? Why would I be concerned that he waited 14 days? New York is the third most corrupt state in the union, and it's not going to be less corrupt once he leaves. <laughs> It'll still be corrupt. I mean, New Yorkers love corruption. They love it. They just embrace corruption. I don't know why, but it's always been here. Now, Cuomo had a bargaining chip. The bargaining chip was if, you prosecute me criminally if you take me in to criminal court and charge me with any crime at all i'm not going to quit i'm going to sit here and i'm going to fight and i'm going to destroy you and everybody else in the state but if you tell me that you won't bring criminal charges i'll quit do you have That's a source on that, a reliable source, or is that your gut? No. Of course I have sources. I know New York State better than anybody. I know these people. That's what happened. But there's a little bit more to it than that. Andrew Cuomo has $18 million, one-eighth, mm-hmm. to spend any way he wants to spend. I call it the vindictive fund. This is the campaign. Um, Cash. That he has. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. The only thing he can't do is he can't buy a stingray <laughs> or a condo on Park Avenue. He can't mm-hmm. do that. But everything else he can do with the campaign money. So Cuomo could have easily stayed in that office and fended off all of these private losses with the $18 million slush fund and just sat there and said, why should I move? Impeachment? Go ahead. Go ahead and try. You'll see what we do. Because remember, in impeachment, he could bring in some of his accusers. And his lawyers are going to destroy these women. They're going to destroy them. So nobody wants any of this. That's why the federal government isn't investigating his nursing home thing, which is far beyond the other stuff. Federal government, the Biden uh, Justice Department said, nah, we're not going to do it. Okay? They wouldn't have won that case anyway. Because it was uh, a political policy, and, and there was no criminal intent, so they would have lost it. But they're not going to do it, and I can almost guarantee you. And if I'm wrong, I'll come back and explain that I'm a dunderhead on the Glenn Beck program. But I don't believe that, that Cuomo's going to have any criminal activity at all. And he wants, he wants the civil suits, because then he wants to show that he didn't do anything and look at these women and here's what these women did blah 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 blah. and he's got plenty of money to defend himself so that's the deal on andrew cuomo what does he do with the money 
Now, uh, Miami, uh, Dallas. He goes. He has a good time. I, I thought he was. Uh, I think that he is planning a comeback. He with eighteen million dollars, you become a very powerful political force in New York. Do sure. you not? Absolutely. But he can only do a comeback if he destroys his accusers. So that's why he wants these women to sue him in civil court so he can go in with his attorneys uh, and tear them to pieces. Jeez. And Chris Cuomo, does he face any repercussions from this at all? (laughs) Wait a minute. How could that possibly happen? How could Chris Cuomo face any repercussions when the management of CNN knew exactly what he was doing? So what is AT&T going to fire everybody at CNN and management along with Chris Cuomo? You can't fire him. They knew exactly what he was doing and they loved it because he got some numbers and they don't have any numbers. That means ratings. People don't watch CNN. So Cuomo will come back from vacation and uh, he'll just look and uh, Jeff Zucker is boss there. Come on. It really is the end of CNN. I mean, this is this. Yeah, the Trump, yeah. the they Trump. Were, they were done before. Yeah. The, the Trump killed CNN. Uh, and now there's just a slow, painful bleed out on the floor. It's ugly to watch. Isn't that ironic, though, that the people who hated Trump the most, CNN, NBC News. All right, those are the two that hated him the most. New York Times, Washington Post, in print. Okay, all of them are suffering now because of the corrupt coverage about Trump. Yeah. Because they went so far overboard that even the people who hated Trump and listened to this stuff every night, they were uneasy about it. Mm-hmm. They didn't, you know, and now they go, you know, we can't really trust these people. And if you're a news agency and you, and people don't believe you anymore, this not going to yeah, watch your yeah. happening. Uh, all right, Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Uh, thank you so much for being on with us. We'll talk to you again uh, next week. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. You know, that's why you don't become all that you despise. You don't. You just can't exercise any of the stuff that you do in hatred. Because look at all those that just hated and was like, I'll do anything to get them out. They're done. They're just done. You'd think that their side would be cheering them on, but they know what they did and nobody wants to be around it. There's a lot of ways to waste money. Now, you could invest in a wind farm, but I mean, let the government do that. Other ways to waste money. You could invest in the U.S. dollar, but let the Fed do that. There is the granddaddy of mall. You could uh, let your car's warranty lapse and then not pay for any kind of extended coverage uh, and instead pay for all of the things that your car is going to go through. That is a colossal waste of money. A computer chip now goes out on your car. Good luck. That's why getting car uh, covered by car shield is so important. I've probably saved $10,000 over the last few years with my, uh, with my trucks alone because they're older and they had no warranty and things go wrong and car shield steps up to the plate and they cover anything that is a covered repair. They take care of, I mean, I left, there was like a 6,000 or something thousand dollar repair. And when I went, I knew it was going to be expensive. And I said, how much was it? And he said, like 6,000. And I said, oh, geez. And he said, oh, yeah, but CarShield took care of all of that. 
And I was, I really, my first thought was, I got to get out of here before they, before they change their mind. Uh, Car Shield, it's a real win-win and worth the money you pay um, to have that peace of mind when your car goes down. Deductibles may apply. CarShield.com. Uh, promo code back that's carshield.com promo code back or carshield.com slash back and you'll save 10 percent carshield.com slash back this is the glenn beck program uh you don't want to miss monday's program uh i uh i want to speak directly to the black robe regimen if you've been listening for a while you know what that is And I want to talk to you about uh, the senators and what you can do to influence. Um, But it is time to get serious about standing up and locking arms and having a code of conduct and uh, being part of the solution and not part of the problem. Uh, But we need to stand up in our own communities um, by the way, uh, our 10 year anniversary of Mercury One is happening. It's a 10 year anniversary, and we're having it at the uh, Toyota Music Center that's here in Dallas. Uh, and I'm going to be there. It's uh, the, the whole event is just about the power of one, the power of one individual standing up. And what happens when you multiply that? Uh, with other people that realize the power of one. Uh, I've been preparing for this for a while, and uh, I can't wait for you to be there. It's on Saturday, October 9th. Uh, The power of one, renewing kindness. Uh, We also are proud to announce that we have uh, American Idol former contestant and major Christian recording artist Danny Gorky and Colton Dixon. They're performing live at the Mercury One event. They're actually making it one of their tour stops in their new uh, tour, Stand in Faith. So it's going to be a great special evening celebrating 10 years of Mercury One. And it'll be hosted by me uh, and uh, David Barton and a lot of other friends are going to be coming it's at the Toyota Music Factory in Irving, Texas. That's right down the street. Maybe we'll do a museum thing. I don't know if we if we can handle all of that, but uh, I'd love to show you around the museum that weekend as well. We have a next chapter for M1, and we have a good foundation that has taken us 10 years to build. Go to m1nextchapter.com to get your tickets. m1nextchapter.com or mercuryone.org. But get your tickets now and join us. Renewing kindness, the power of one. 10-year anniversary of mercuryone.org. Grab your tickets there now. Hello, America. It's Friday. I have looked for someone that could explain the economy uh, and explain what was really going on and that, that was from the inside, so had seen it from all sides. I have looked for 20 years. I have finally found that person, uh, and she is on with us here in just a second. She's the author of a book, A Must Read, The War on Small Business. If you want to know, if you're a small business and you want to know, uh, how do I survive? What am I up against? 
you need to read The War on Small Business. She's a former investment banker. She calls herself a recovering Wall Street investment banker. Uh, and she can explain the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill in ways that you probably have not heard yet. Carol Roth joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, man. We've got to talk about me gold. Uh, as every good pirate knows, you need... Uh, you need uh, you need some gold uh, and some silver, and you need to have, you need to ah, have some gold. Why are you not facing me? Oh man, see, this is why we do a radio show and not a television show because my, my you also do a television my show. My pirate, my pirate bird uh, mm-hmm. is uh, he's just sticking his butt in my face. I don't know why. Now he's oh, this is this is for a pirate. This is a very bad time for me. Um, and I've got the scar on my face to prove that I'm a pirate. <laughs> anyway, gold and silver. Uh, gold and silver are the is the place that the world always runs to after all the insanity has stopped. I, I buy it as a hedge uh, against insanity. Some people buy it as a hedge against inflation. Um, I don't. I, I, I will have gold and silver as part of my portfolio physically for the rest of my life and then i pass it on to my kids the world goes insane from time to time and they leave all of these financial principles and they're like no this time is different and it's not and then they always return to gold or silver so have you called goldline yet please call goldline just do your homework and find out yourself if it's right for you it may not be right for you it's right for my family this week, Goldline will ship you five uh, free one-ounce silver Goldline bars just for completing the application. Also, there's bonus medals when you complete the buying process. But there's no pressure on this. Just call and get the information and find out if it's right for you. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is just crazy. It's Friday. I don't even know what's happening. Don't even know what's happening to this once credible radio broadcast. Shut up, Stu. It was at one time. (laughs) Carol Roth is uh, with me now. She is the author of the book, The War on Small Business. If you want to know what's happened in the last uh, year or so, uh, this book explains it all. What's more, it goes further and explains what you're up against. Carol, welcome to the program. Hey, Glenn. Happy Friday the 13th. And, oh, jeez. Uh, I'm kind of feeling like we're in an economic horror show right now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, so so let's go through the, the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill. I just want you to talk about this in a way that the average American can understand uh, this you know, we've been saying there's no infrastructure in it. Where's the bridges and the roads? It's not about that kind of infrastructure, is it? No, and the worst part is we actually have two bills, and they're more than $3.5 trillion. So you have the more than $1 trillion, what they're calling the infrastructure bill, which is, you know, a little bit of infrastructure, but includes things like how can we tax you and keep you from going on the road, which I'm not exactly sure how that means, uh, how, how that sort of 
becomes infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg. That has enabled this $3.5 trillion, and some people are calling it an infrastructure bill. It's really a budget resolution framework. And this and I'm going to have the, the exact quote from Chuck Schumer. The Democratic budget will bring a generational transformation to how our economy works for the average American. And if you don't have that super secret decoder ring, that is clear code for economy by central planning mandates. And I'm assuming we should have all expected this, given the fact that the head of the budget committee is none of none other than Bernie Sanders, who we all know is, you know, has been a communist synthesizer in the past. So not only do we have to sort of contend with this infrastructure piece, but on top of it, we have $3.5 trillion in terms of a budget framework, and I'm happy to, to go into detail on any of that. Uh, so I'd like to hear some of that, because I, I think these two fit together. You know, it's, they're bringing pieces of things together. Um, when you combine the two and isn't the reconciliation also coming? Don't we have to have a budget reconciliation here in a month? That that's what this framework is. So, okay. so basically by enabling the one plus trillion dollar infrastructure bill that has opened the, that has actually laid the infrastructure, pun intended, to get to this three and a half trillion dollar budget that they're going to do by reconciliation because they don't think obviously they can get the votes to pass it. So they needed the first piece. And unfortunately we had nineteen Republicans who said, Yeah, okay, that seems like a, a good use of funding. Um, and so they are complicit in this. And unfortunately, the Democrats feel like they have this mandate, because even though we've had the central planning that has been accelerating, and you look at over the past year and a half, uh, all the things that they have done in terms of increasing inflation, disrupting the job markets, the supply chain, shuttering small businesses, throwing savers and retirees under the proverbial bus, and all kinds of other financial and individual rights atrocities, you would think people would say, maybe central planners don't know what they're doing. But at the same time, they basically started conditioning people to want to get more reliance on the government. They had the stimulus payments. They had the enhanced unemployment benefits. They said, we're going to be there for you. And so that's really paved the way to this huge $3.5 trillion socialist wish list. So it is the I mean, Rubio and Lee were for enhancing the child tax credit, but that was something that you would get in April and you would have to have paid taxes. What instead the geniuses at the GOP signed up for and now Lee and Rubio are like, what are you crazy? Is a check from the federal government every month if you have children. So this is basically UBI, is it not? Yes, you hit the nail on the head. So they're calling it the child tax credit because, you know, you would be evil if you wouldn't want people to get early access to their taxes because they had to take care of their children, right? But it isn't, it isn't a tax credit because, as you said, you don't have to actually earn any income in order to get it, which means that it is a guaranteed payment from the government, which is one of those things like the stimulus and, and like these other endeavors that are pay, paving the roads for constant 
instant guaranteed payments from the government and dependence on the government. And also things like universal pre-K and what I call quote-unquote tuition-free, because we know that somebody's paying for it, and that's mm-hmm. you, know, you and me and every average American community college. And it's being sold by the media, who's always complicit in this, as relief. It's relief for the families. And you have to ask yourself, what is it relief from? Is it relief from being responsible? Is it relief from taking care of your children that you decided to bring into is the world? It, is it relief from the incredible inflation that they won't talk about? I mean, <laughs> a, gas has gone up a dollar per gallon. Uh, I'm sure, Carol, you, you remember the days. I clearly remember the days when I would be counting my quarters at the gas pump and I could only put a little bit in my tank. You put $20 of gas into your into your truck or your car. It's not getting very far now. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. And it is this almost you know, satire feel like you're in a Monty Python skit yeah. because as of a few years ago, the United States had become the leading producer of oil in the entire world, and we had energy independence. And the Biden administration kneecapped that. They cut off the leases for oil and gas. They decided to shut down the Keystone Pipeline and, and many other things. And now they're begging the cartel to produce more oil. I mean, it, it, it's just completely insane. And if you actually cared about the environment, you would say, well, I'm pretty sure that we do a better job in making sure that we take provisions to cleanly produce that oil. And we're not shipping like it across. Russia. Right. We're not shipping it across an ocean. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 really nuts. And now he is looking at the oil companies to see about price gouging and see where they are being illegal. Um, this only makes sense is if you are trying to let's let's not say destroy the United States of America. Let's say destroy the constitutional republic as we have it and the free market. It only makes sense if you are replacing oil with something else. And we know I was just talking to a guy who is um, out at Pebble Beach, going out to Pebble Beach uh, and is is high up in, you know, in, in, and knows about, you know, uh, very high end cars. And he was uh, telling me that all of them, except for Bugatti, will be all electric by 2030, which 2030 happens to be the Agenda 2030 timeline and the uh, World Economic Forum timeline. And and I think the timeline of the Biden administration as well. I mean, this is all well coordinated and you see exactly it's coming together. They're doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to unpack there, and this is why I love talking to you, because I can go on each of these things for like 30 minutes. But, you know, I'm somebody who spends my life grounded in facts and reason and putting together data sets. And so, you know, I'm not off on wild conspiracy theories. But you're seeing the things that they're saying and they're doing, and it's out in the open. It's not hidden. <laughs> there's no, like, digging that needs to be done. They're literally saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not unreasonable 
to believe there is some level of coordination there. And then you have, you know, as you mentioned, these sort of these green mandates. Um, I do happen to wonder if there is, uh, you know, some politicization of this, given the fact that so many of the red states rely on um, oil and gas in terms of the, you know, the big drivers of their economy. So mm-hmm. I have to wonder about that. And then I saw all of these billionaires had banded together. It was Bezos, Gates, Bloomberg, and Ray Dalio, who is a major hedge fund manager, and they're investing in a company that is now mining for these green materials that go into the production of things like lithium batteries and whatnot to enable this green transformation. Mm -hmm. So the question is, you know, like, which is the chicken and which is the egg? Is it, do they know that it's coming? And so they're jumping on it or is it, Hey, you know, this is the new way to make money. So we're all coordinating and pushing together. It sort of doesn't matter which one, right? Because the outcome's the same. Well, there's, a story out today. Bill Gates said he would commit $1.5 billion over three years to climate change projects with the government uh, that they're including in the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. He, he's putting a $1.5 billion into the projects as a public-private partnership with the government, which is exactly what the Great Reset is, taking away the free market and putting in public-private partnerships that agree on ESGs. I'd like to get your comment on that here in just a second. Let me take one minute break. We're back with Carol Roth. Uh, Carol is Carol is uh, the author of a book that is a must read. The War on Small Business. You want to survive? Read that book. The War on Small Business. Back in 60 seconds. American Financing. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay. Uh, it, you can think about how you can make more money, but before you do that, um, be aware of how you're spending your money now. Is there a way that you can spend less to be able to have more and then think about, okay, what else can I do to make more money? Here's the thing. American financing, if you call them, they have dedicated mortgage specialists that will help examine all of your options. It's possible that you could get a refi of your mortgage at a much lower rate. Or you could bundle all your debt up into a consolidation loan, which would save you hundreds of dollars a month, maybe as much as $1,000 a month. Think about what an extra $12,000 a year would do for you and your family. For over two decades, American Financing has been helping people just like you and me to find ways to make their finances work for them. Call them today. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.org. 10 seconds, station ID. Carol, welcome back to the program. Shall shall we uh, pick up where we left off? I think we need to. Okay, go ahead. I think we need to. So you're talking about this shift from more free markets, freedom, transparency, choice, property rights, 
to more central planning, where we have a handful of bureaucrats who are making decisions, including economic decisions, on behalf of the masses. They're using force. They're using coercion. They're using control. They're using opacity. And they're partnering, right? It's the, it's the big government. It's the big business and the big central, special interests all partnering together to continue to consolidate power and move us closer to this centrally planned, or if you want to call it socialist or any other word, communist type of economy. And it is really frightening. And I want to go back to what you were saying about um, Joe Biden and the decisions that he made in the, in the, the press release around OPEC, because he came out and he said that he was going to look into disruptions in the market and the, the disrupting of, of competition and, and markets. Right. And it's just so absurd because they are the ones that are disrupting this administration that are disrupting the market. Yep. So not yep. only are they the ones that are limiting the supply from America, but remember what they've done to the jobs market as well. They kept people out of the jobs market, and that's impacting the price of gas as well. It's not just the barrel of oil. It's the fact that these trucking companies cannot find people to hire, and when they do find people to hire, they have to pay them more. So it's costing you more to get that gas to the gas station. So you are the one who is disrupting the market, yep. and you're going to look into the corruption? I, I mean, that's incredibly rich. Um, it is. It is also. I want to take you back to um, the. Oh gosh, what was it called? The crazy, um, uh, crazy things that they were teaching in schools. We, we helped stop it about four years ago. Common Core. Common Core. Well, if you Core, remember, yes. if you remember, Common Core was a Microsoft or a uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, effort. They really pushed that. And Bill Gates gave several speeches, and you could find them online. Hurry while that lasts. Um, where he was talking about, we need to get, uh, we need to produce uh, information about the children as soon as they can, because it, at th- at third grade, we can then start to s- streamline this and start to train them for the jobs of the future that they would be best suited for. So it's a factory. Education becomes a factory uh, to produce little workers for these giant corporations. The government also wants to control all of the uh, the education. So they're good little government stooges. This is a total transformation. And when you understand how it all fits together, you it, it, it makes sense. And you see exactly everything. Your world once again comes back together. You used to understand it. But once you understand this. Your world comes back together. You don't like it, but at least it all makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it is sort of a, an indoctrination farm. You know, they're not teaching math and science and financial literacy or even coping skills, right, at this point in time. They're teaching racial equality and CRT and social justice and whatnot. Which won't help them at back- all. <laughs> <laughs> which goes back to this $3.5 trillion uh, budget resolution framework, which is now extending the pipeline of, of school. They want it to be in the pre-K business, and then they want to take you up through college. So it's not enough to own that primary and secondary education. It's not enough to nationalize the college lending business to the point where it has made it so expensive that people can't even get a return on their investment in terms of educations anymore. But now they want to start this pre-
pre-K. They want, they want to start putting these things in mm-hmm. people's heads earlier. And so when you, when you take that lens and you look at the things that they're proposing, there's, I mean, you could make the argument before COVID, the eight plus trillion dollars of spending at all government levels, the thousands of laws, the expansion of their purview that we already had this hybrid centrally planned economy. If you start layering in pre-K, tuition-free community college, laying the groundwork for Medicare for All by lowering the eligibility age for mm-hmm. Medicare and expanding its benefits, these green initiatives, I mean, I don't know how you don't argue that we are basically moving to a socialist economy. It is unbelievable. Carol, thank you so much. Uh, her name is Carol Roth. She is the author of The War on Small Business. I know we will be talking again, Carol. Thank you so much. God bless. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. If you really want to understand what's going on, start your search at the book, The War on Small Business. Grab it now, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, now from the now-famous MyPillow to the incredibly comfortable mattress topper to the soft cotton of the Giza Dream Sheets, Mike Lindell has revolutionized the way America sleeps. Every night, you can lay your head down on a pillow that's not going to get hot. It's not going to go flat. That alone is a miracle in sleeping. I'm sandwiched between a comfortable mattress topper and the softest and most comfortable sheets imaginable. Happy as a clam. I think I'm happier because clams sleep on sand and I'm sleeping on Giza Dream Sheets. And they're on sale now for a limited time at 50% off with promo code BECK. They're made with Giza cotton, the softest cotton in the world. And they get softer and softer every time you use them and wash them. They're breathable, cool to the touch, and extremely durable. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if it's not what I say it is and you don't like it, just ship it back. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Get the Giza Dream Sheets now for as low as $49.99. That's half off with promo code BECK. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code there, of course, is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV today. And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. Uh, We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place. My name's Beck. I'm a cop. I'm a language cop. What happened to my music? I mean, I can't do this. This is just not right. This is not the way it would happen on. Soothing. Soothing. It's like Microsoft. Microsoft says there's a problem. There's an error. Bill Gates says no. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, All Clippy. Right. I mean, I guess. I... <laughs> Clippy. Remember Clippy? Whatever remember happened Clippy. to Clippy? I don't know. Remember the little paper clip all guy? about him. Yeah. yeah, he'd pop up Clippy. and he'd ask you questions about what, what you were doing. Stupid thing. It was a friend, though. Yeah. You know, there was times when you yeah. were writing something and you just need to Clippy to say, like, do you want to indent that paragraph? Right. And I would say, you know what? No. But thank you, Clippy, for asking. <laughs> now it just happens. Now it just happens. Now yeah. it's just like, you don't know what you're doing. Right. I'm writing the letter for you. <laughs> 
Clippy's gained some weight and an attitude, quite honestly. <laughs> and a, a waste removal uh, uh, business yeah. that he enforces. <laughs> Look, I'm not only a paperclip, I also collect garbage in Jersey. You know what I'm saying? So indent when I tell you to indent. <laughs> Oh, the days of Clippy. Do we have the? Uh, do we have it, Sarah? Or? Looks like there was a. It looks like a, are our computers down? Because I just can't do this without a. I guess. I guess I could go on. Could I go on? Do you feel to, that we've become at all? Uh, I don't know. Uh, too dependent. Dependent on on technology. Uh no, I don't know why you would say something like that. Because <laughs> I mean, it just your technology goes down, and then nobody <laughs> understands what you're saying. So there's that moment in the the Bo Burnham Inside special that's on Netflix where mm-hmm. he's like, you know, maybe. Oh, I love this. <laughs> taking our entire <laughs> lives and turning them over to, to giant companies <laughs> that just take and control now all of our lives may have been. <laughs> maybe that maybe that wasn't a good idea i just thought the way he's it's such an obvious statement I know, I know. Uh, but it is where we are it is it really is you think about that uh, just from the perspective of we complain all the time about these big tech companies uh, understandably and correctly right but like our case is essentially they are so important to our lives that if they take us off one of their services, it's a violation of our constitutional rights. When did this happen? I understand the arguments for that point of view, and they are significant and important. May I go back to the However, May I go back to the <laughs> Bo Burnham special yeah. where he's singing about the internet? Yeah. Everything all of the time. Uh, everything all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I love it when he comes back and and he is singing as the internet. Oh, Remember when we first started? Yeah. And I just love you. I'm just serving you. Just travel blogs. And and it was just nice and easy. You come on, you check out, you read a little something, you leave. And now it is everything. Everything. You know, I I don't think, you know, Glenn, maybe. Maybe. Taking our entire lives and (laughs) turning it over to a bunch of giant tech companies no because we'll always be able to master it yes <laughs> and barack knows where's that now this- you asked you just asked for the music <laughs> and barack knows thank that you we're gonna have to make sacrifices <laughs> we're gonna have to change our conversation uh, we're gonna it's have acting. to change our traditions our history we're gonna have to move into a different place yes that's right. My name's Beck. I'm a cop. <laughs> I thought you were a pirate. No, I'm no, a cop you're in this cop? show. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, this cop, that's a different... Totally different series. My bad. I, that's the one on Netflix. This is the one. I'd like you to meet my dog, Stu. <laughs> so, uh, I'm part of the uh, word and tradition police, and I want to point out a few things that have been going on. Let's take on the rituals of the police in Chicago. The proceedings for Officer Ella French, who was murdered at a traffic stop Saturday, reportedly rushed due to a decision made by the first deputy superintendent, Eric Carter. He said, we don't have 20 minutes for this crap. He was second in command. He was heard on an audio recording. 
referring to the bagpipe proceedings. According to the Chicago Times, we're not waiting for the bagpipes. Just get the vehicles inside. See, what usually happens is the it's a sacred part of having the honor guard, you know, there and the bagpipes. And after an officer died and they take him to the, from the morgue and they take him to the funeral home, they play the bagpipes. Mm-hmm. But he said, we don't have time for that crap. And so they moved on and the police are not real happy about it. But let me just say this. Barack knew that we had to change some of our traditions and some of our language. Yes, that's right. With my my faithful dog, Stu. What's that, Stu? (laughs) Stu, you have another story? Oh, my gosh. This one is about language. I'm glad I don't have a role in this, In an article... <laughs> I don't even know what it is. In an article headline, No More Master Bedrooms, Minnesota Real Estate Listings Aim for Inclusivity. Yes, that's right. Uh, agents say that calling the biggest bedroom and bathroom in a house the master bedroom is racist. The... Yeah, we need a longer bed for this, I think. Anyway, uh, the real estate agent said, quote, I'm a person of color, and every time I hear the term master bedroom, I kept saying to myself, I don't like how it sounds. Oh, well, then you should get over it. Or maybe you should change the way you say things. But I'm not really offended by master bedroom, and I, I've never tied it to kids, bring in your shackles. The master is speaking. Exactly like a person with white privilege. Exactly. Uh, in addition to combating the race, racist term, terminology, the real estate groups now are pushing to phase out gender-specific language, such as, I dare, dare I even say it, the man cave. Or the she shed. I don't even know what the she shed is. Or the accessory dwelling unit. Or the den. Why wouldn't you call something a den? Apparently, it would avoid offending transgender or non-binary people. Why? The den? Lion's den, maybe? Right, but why would that offend transgender people? I have no idea. Instead of mother-in-law suite... It's now the guest house or the in-law suite. How dare you offend those who aren't married? And any rooms that hint of two sexes, such as Jack and Jill bathrooms, have to be replaced now with dual entry bathroom. Mm -hmm. Avoiding terms that could offend a buyer or seller just makes good business sense. Well, it doesn't seem to bother you when you offend the hell out of me. No one cares about that. No, it really really doesn't. Wait, hold it just a second. Stu, the crime dog. Give it to me. Oh, my gosh. Stu, the crime dog has just given me yet another story because Barack knows we have to change our language. Today, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, the ABM, which I'm a member of. Are you a member of Stu, the lifetime? Yeah, lifetime member. Oh, you were you asking doing? the dog. Oh, I was I'm asking sorry. The crime dog. Here. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, they have new guidelines introducing lactation-related language. Thank you. Finally. <laughs> I know, right? Finally. We have been waiting for it. The new guidelines were published to affirm the organization's commitment to gender equality and health equity, including the new terminology for lactation-related language. Terms for lactation include chest feeding, not breastfeeding, but chest feeding, and not mothers, but human milk feeding individuals. If that doesn't just roll off your tongue. Human, human milk, milk feeding individuals. individuals. Mm. I need a human milk feeding individual right now for some chest feeding. The ABM recognizes that not all people who give birth and lactate identify as female, and some individuals identify as neither male or female. Why the why these people have children and are allowed to have children? I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's the kind of language and thinking that's got to stop. Stop it! Stop it, Stu the crime dog. Language. This is according to the ABM. Listen to this. Language has power. The language that we use should be as an exclusive inclusive as possible when discussing infant feeding. When working with patients, it is best to ask them for the affirmed terminology. When communicating medical research, language should accurately reflect the population studied as to not mask the research needs. So they're saying in science, for research, it's important, I'm going to say this again, Language should accurately reflect the population studied. Well, I don't know. Human milk feeding individuals. uh, I don't think that's an accurate study uh, or men that are chest feeding. I don't think they can lactate. But maybe that's just I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I forgot my role as a language and tradition cop. Using gender neutral terminology in medicine is increasingly more common phenomena. According to some of the esteemed medical schools, Katie Herzog reports a University of California endocrinologist, I'm a doctor, forced to apologize for implying that only women can give birth. The professor used the gendered language of pregnant women instead of the preferred pregnant people. He apologized, saying, I don't want you to think that I am anyway trying to imply anything. And if you can summon some generosity to forgive me, I would really appreciate it. Again, I'm very, very, very sorry for that. It was not my intention to offend anyone by using the words pregnant people. People, The worst thing I can do as a human being is to be offensive. I said when a woman is pregnant, which implies this is a scientist saying this, which implies that only women can get pregnant. And I most sincerely apologize to all of you. Soldiers, keep looking for those traditions and the language and our history that must be changed because after all 
Barack knows. And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. Uh, we're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place. There is nothing more frustrating than having your identity stolen online. You couldn't bark. You couldn't play along enough just to bark. That's why you, you're not in the Hall of Fame. You were talking to a dog of some sort. I tried to answer your questions, and you continued to a bark. Dog. No. Not as a dog. Not even, not even like, well, I don't know, Glenn. Do we have? <laughs> I'm still a crime dog. I, I don't know, Glenn. You wouldn't even do that. Now that you've done three different animal voices right. for today, do, which one do <laughs> we expect the- before the end? We had the parrot. The parrot. Oh, yeah, the parrot. The barking dog. And now the crime dog. Yeah. Like the McGruff-style dog. I'm just... uh, Do you have anything else planned for this last segment? Well, I do. It's a pirate segment. Okay. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But I have to remove the bandage. No, no, don't you don't need to remove the bandage. No, you have the to bandage, see the scar. The, the bandage scar looks is fantastic. No, the keep scar it on. is the whole thing. Without the scar, you won't believe that I'm a pirate. I I don't believe you're a pirate. Well, no matter I'll what. I'll turn you around. I'll turn you around. You wait till you see. <sighs> Do you know what it's like having to work with him every day? My gosh. LifeLock. There's nothing more frustrating than working with Stu or having your identity <laughs> stolen online. Uh, they steal everything from you. Uh, if you're like me, you've worked hard for what's yours, and you don't want some idiot like Stu with a keyboard wrecking everything. But he does anyway. I mean, that's because LifeLock can't even stop. They can't stop Stu. I mean, Stu is just a never-ending pain in my ass. They can't stop him from doing everything, but you should see how much they stop. But if something goes wrong with Stu, I can call LifeLock. And they'll say, good luck finding another executive producer. And I'll say, damn right, LifeLock. And they say, but uh, we'll, we'll call you. you. You don't call us. We call you if somebody's stolen your identity. And I'll say, you damn right, LifeLock. And then they say, and if, if something happens, we got a dedicated team. And I'll say, that's damn right. Why are you talking to me about all of this? I called you about Stu. He wouldn't do the Stu crime dog voice. <laughs> anyway, LifeLock is just doing what they do, I guess. You be you, boo. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. I only say that because it drives Sarah out of her mind. As it should. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head over to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BECK for 25% off now. The Glenn Beck Program. Just you. I just, no. No. I want you to know, he has not participated in any of the... (laughs) Fun sketches that we've done today. That we you have not done any fun yeah, sketches. He has not played the dog. No. In any way. He had two ways to play it. He would not play either. He would not play the bird. Now he won't play the bird in the final pirate send-off. And I am not happy about it because had I known this earlier, yes. I would have played both brilliantly. You would have played both. How would that have gone? (laughs) You're going to get a shiv between the ribs. (laughs) A shiv? Ah, Shiv? What is this? Ah, Pirates don't have a shiv. A knife, me matey. (laughs) That's that's what would it. Monday, we return with pirate theater. Are they in stereotypical prisons? (laughs) Is that how? (laughs) 